The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. is unfolding, and I am powerless to stop it. A prophecy? Hear me, whale surfer. When I traveled through the forgotten places, I became aware of a plan to destroy the boundaries between our universe and that of the magic domain. Time may have no meaning to you, does to me get to the point. Impudent one! The point, as you say, is this. There is a parable device made up of six parts. When this device is assembled, it is capable of breaking a hole in the fabric of space so wide that the hordes from magic that's hordes would <laughs> be able to <laughs> That'd be a completely different time. <laughs> we'll be able to break in and forever rule our universe. Oh god, I got more. <laughs> you must stop the device from being assembled by confronting various defenses and finally entering the lairs of the fiends to stop them from getting into magic with parts of the device. Heed me, if you fail in your quest, the irrational humans on Earth that you find so worthwhile will perish along with every other living creature. I cannot allow fellow beings to suffer. Annihilation? I accept the challenge. But answer me this, Galactus. You say there are six pieces to this portal device. Yet you mention only five fiends. Five worlds. Where's the sixth piece? That, surfer, is for you to discover. Oh, wait! I found it. It's located in this podcast. Which podcast is that? That, of course, is Retro Bliss. Hello. Welcome to Retro Blessed. And what we just did for you was a dramatic recreation of the comic that's included in the manual of the game we're covering today. Welcome to Marvel Month! Marvel Month on Retro Bliss, a new Marvel game every week. 
We started out with Spider-Man 2, The Sinister Six, also known as the Sinister Sticks. Sinister Sticks, that's right. Sinister Sticks for the Game Boy Color. But today, we're moving on up to uh, the Nintendo side. NES, that's right. What are we playing today, Trevor? We're playing the famous and infamous Silver Surfer for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Silver Surfer, based on the comic character, of course, 1990. Published by Arcadia and developed by Software Creations. Now, this episode of Retro Bliss and Marvel Month is brought to you by... Uh... <laughs> Alright, so we've got a huge announcement. And right, let me just... Trevor and I are thrilled to announce this in, uh, you know, in conjunction with Marvel Month. Somehow, the, uh, the comic book gods have smiled upon Trevor and me. And Marvel themselves contacted us because they're going to reboot and restart the Fantastic Four comic book. And they needed a couple of guys to take care of it, right? So they said, Johnny, you write it, and Trevor, you draw it. So that makes sense, oh, right? Smart choice, smart choice. And we're making some big changes, though, because these characters obviously need these changes. Uh, first of all, the title's going to change because we're not even going to have four characters. We're just going mm -hmm. to have two. Mm -hmm. And we're going, they're not that fantastic. So mm -hmm. we're going to call it the sort of okay two. <laughs> yeah, the, the mediocre duo was another name yeah. we threw around. Oh, I like that one even better. Yeah. All right. So these aren't set in stone. The mediocre two. Uh, yeah, uh, that will be coming to your local comic book shop soon. All I can promise you is all your favorite characters will not be in this. <laughs> or they'll die off screen. One or the other They're guaranteed. All, oh, they all, yeah. we promise you, that's how the book starts. Yeah. I know because I've written it, all the characters die off screen. But you'll be able to tell, you'll be so happy with the art because Trevor uh, really takes his time mm -hmm. and... <laughs> I drew in the lines on like half the pages on this one. Yeah, he sometimes he colors it every yeah, once in a while. Occasionally, sometimes if I, if I have my Crayolas. Sometimes he lets his infant son color it. Yep. Most people can't tell the difference, so it it's works either way. It's honestly just as good either way. So uh, look forward to that. The the mediocre two. The mediocre two from Marvel and Retro Blist. From Marvel and Retro Blist. Finally, uh, they saw our genius and said, "Let's give these two guys mm -hmm. a shot at one of our most." Um, historic franchises. And I'm also happy as a dual announcement that, of course, not only, this barely needs to be mentioned, but we're going to have a Disney Marvel Cinematic Universe movie deal tie-in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But also, in the following month, after the comic releases, we'll have a McDonald's tie-in for the Mediocre 2 uh, Happy Meal toys. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be... Just the the toys. It's going to be the same two toys again and again, yeah. uh, with slightly different color variations. Now I should mention this is going to be the first Happy Meal from McDonald's that's rated not safe for children because right. the toys are actually sculpts of us. Yes, and when you hit a button, we say terrible cuss words. <laughs> <laughs> we have buttons on our uh, toes to simulate when we stub our toes and with the words we say. Yes, <clears throat> the the. Painful Gal is uh, included with every Happy Meal. Every Happy Meal, we uh, you got one coupon for one session of Painful Gout, and just yep. enjoy it. Uh, and uh, also, and this is extraordinary, uh, these are very, very rare, but some few lucky people, when they get a Happy Meal, will also 
get to see what it's like to walk in Trevor and I's shoes. And by that, I mean, um, uh, you'll get the feeling of every time you move, for whatever reason, you hurt. <laughs> yes. It could be in a different body part, different location. Doesn't matter. Man, that but, feels too real right now. It does. <laughs> Honestly, uh, so thanks to those sponsors. Yeah. Um, yesterday, I feel fine now, but yesterday, uh, I think I just slept weird, and I mm-hmm. woke up and, uh, like, my hip hurt for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I had to walk, and I kind of walked it off, and it felt a little better. I was like, I don't know why, but okay, there was that. <laughs> I used a word today. Uh, with my wife explaining, talking about myself. And it's a word I've never used before. And it felt very honest and truthful to use it. Um, I know you probably have before many times, but I use the word chronic. <laughs> chronic pain when describing myself. And I'm like, man, I'm admitting it. It's like, this is pain isn't going away. I got chronic foot pain. Yeah, I've been told, yeah. doctors told me I have that. While also... Yeah. Uh, telling me how fat I am. Like, I can't tell that from looking in the mirror. <laughs> what if they just walked in and held up a mirror? <laughs> Sir, you're this large. <laughs> oh. I'd appreciate the honesty, honestly. Yeah, I appreciate that, sir. Yeah, thank you. Straight shooter. <laughs> That's uh, the kind of doctors you and I would be, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We wouldn't even, we let people self diagnose themselves. Yeah. Like, have you checked out WebMD? Yeah. <laughs> WebMD Octopus. Yeah. My favorite character we've ever created on the show, WebMD Octopus. WebMD Octopus is actually going to be a guest from Crossing Worlds, as Marvel yeah. does, uh, on the Mediocre 2. That's right. He's going to be a guest supervillain. Yep. He has multiple arms, but each one of those uh, has a cell phone with internet access, and they're just constantly looking up symptoms <laughs> of WebMD. <laughs> and shouting them at you. Yeah. And telling that you. That rash, you're dying. Everything is death. It's your death. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for uh, all the sponsors. Uh, make sure you support those, especially the ones that lets Trevor and I be creative, like Marvel, going out of their way to contacting us. It's a little small indie company. They need your help. Yeah. And saying, hey, they knew that you and I could really bring them out of, obviously, near bankruptcy. Right. We just spent, I don't know, five minutes trying to get Marvel money. And I don't think we mentioned our own Patreon in three episodes. Oh, so we have a Patreon. Please yeah. go there because, uh, <clears throat> making sure nobody's listening, we make up all this Marvel stuff. <laughs> they do not know who we are, uh, nor do they care to find out. And, uh, yeah, we make no money from sponsors, so we're asking you. That's right. We're asking you, uh... Asking is a nice word for it. Yeah. I am begging like the beggar I am. Please, please, pretty please. Uh, but we do have some awesome blisters out there. Yeah. Thank you for all who support us. We appreciate it. The Silver Surfer for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Trevor, I uh, consider myself a comic book nerd. Uh, I do the panel discussion, which is another podcast where it's comic book related. And obviously I was aware of the Silver Surfer, but I would dare say... Like, my knowledge of that character was probably, I mean, I, I guarantee you I probably know more than some people, but he, but I definitely wouldn't say I was an expert, right? Yeah. So the gist of him is, um, Galactus, we'll talk about this guy first, is this giant being who literally devours planets. He eats planets. That's how he gets his uh, substance or whatever you want to say. And 
He's going to eat the planet that Silver Surfer lives on, but Silver Surfer says, um, I'll do anything if you spare my planet. So that's why he becomes the herald of uh, of um, Galactus. And that means that Silver Surfer has to go to all these different planets ahead of Galactus and prepare them to be eaten, pretty much. <laughs> that's pretty dark. I don't think yeah. I knew all that. Yeah, that's the gist of his character. And the reason that he becomes a good guy is, of course, Eventually, he's going to make it to Earth, and uh, he runs into some Marvel characters, and they convince him uh, that, you know, hey, this isn't that bad of a planet, and so he kind of turns to the good side. However, he uh, is cursed for doing that, and we'll talk about that later. I don't want to give away everything. This may be some Bliss Quiz material later on. Well, um, my... As with most cool things, my knowledge of Silver Surfer and Marvel comics in general was pretty limited, but I will say for whatever reason, from a young age, I came in contact with the character silver surfer. And I just always thought he looked cool. And as a kid, that's all you need. Really? I mean, yeah. I just always thought he looked cool. And so for a few years now, honestly, since probably the first year of this podcast, I've had in the back of my head, I kind of wanted to play this game and I kind of wanted to cover it on the show. Unironically, um, but of course it didn't take long to realize this game does have a reputation. Yes, it does for sure. I was aware of the reputation, never experienced it until today though. So, uh, will we agree with said reputation or will we disagree? Well, let's find out why don't right. we? So, uh, what do you want to talk about first? Graphics? Graphics. Graphics. Let's get Android. this game come out not 1990 yeah man all right so there for sure there are better looking nintendo games yeah i mean for sure uh, considering this is a comic book game i felt like the i mean he looks like the character galactus looks like galactus but i felt the nintendo actually could have done they could have done better graphically mm-hmm. here uh, underwhelming, I guess, is the, what I would say. If if you go into this like I almost did, expecting, you know, LJN did a bunch of Marvel games for the NES. If you go into it expecting that level, the graphics in this shine. Like, they're <laughs> a clear step above Uncanny X-Men, which, not even close. Uh, they're a clear step above even Wolverine, I would say, which was a little better. But I would agree, they're very... For 1990, I'm going to say they're middle of the road. Yeah. If on the light end of middle of the road, even. Yeah. But yeah. not bad. Not bad. Like, it's, again, if you're expecting LJN quality, the graphics are going to impress you. <laughs> but it's just, it looks, yeah, like, I feel like there wasn't a ton of effort put into the graphics. I think it could have been done better, but it's, <clears throat> I don't dislike it. And it does excel. Your character, Silver Surfer, I think looks very good. Yes. And I do think the cutscenes, for what it's worth, look very good. Yes, they look fine. And we, me and you have a theory. We, uh, I'm assuming you also didn't research this enough to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, our theory is that this started out as a different game altogether. Yeah. <laughs> and then they decided, hey, uh, let's slap on Silver Surfer. Because there was a time in the early 90s, late 80s, where he was actually really popular as a character. Uh, so that would make sense. And yeah. uh, so let's slap him on there. And... Uh, and we'll slap Galactus on there. Because, man, 
I'm a Marvel fan, and obviously there's going to, Marvel has been around for so long. I definitely do not know every character, uh, but a lot of these characters in here <laughs> did not look familiar to me. That's all I'll say. So uh, I kind of think, like you think, that this started out as a completely different game, and they just said, mm-hmm. hey, we'll probably sell more if we slap on the Silver Surfer. I really, today, I really started thinking that because, okay, take, so, I, you know, graphically speaking, I think the part that is Silver Surfer is the villains, but I don't know, like, the main boss was just a, like, the lizard-looking dude, I guess was supposed to be, what's his name, Reptilia? Reptilia, yeah. Yeah. So, I guess, that's obviously from Silver Surfer, but, like, what about all the enemies in between? Yeah. Like, there's literal turtles. And maybe it's because it's supposed to be like a swamp reptile setting, so they just thought, hey, that makes sense. But I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure. Because, like, the Fire Lord level, there's fire. I don't know. I could go either way, but I would not be surprised if this started life as, like, a generic shooter. Well, the Fire Lord level also had pumpkins. True. What (laughs) does that have to do with anything? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if this started just, life as a different game. Just random pumpkins, it's, jack-o'-lanterns at that. Yes, they have faces. Yeah, and a haunted house just shows up yeah. in the middle of it with ghosts, with ghosts. Yeah. There's, there's a variety of levels. They each have a theme, sort of like Mega Man. Yes. Um, and well, the boss, but well, this is probably part of gameplay too. But you, just like Mega Man, you actually get to pick what order you want yeah. the levels you want to play this in. And there's a hidden level. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's literally just like Mega Man. <laughs> yeah. And the levels look different from each other. Yeah, they do. They do, in fairness. But yeah, the I don't know. Graphically speaking, I don't think any of the enemies brought any Marvel comics to my mind, except for maybe no. the level bosses. <laughs> right. I'd agree completely. So, but I don't, I don't dislike the way the game looks. Um, it's just, I would say, oh. I think Middle of the Road is kind of a yeah. perfect way. If Uncanny X-Men is a 1 graphically. This is a 5. And like Wolverine is a 3. Yeah, this is a 5. This is a 5, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's still, at the end of the day, uh, the main thing you need is for Silver Surfer to at least sort of look like his character. And he does. Yeah, yeah. So. I kind of want to talk about the gameplay next. All right. You know what? You're right. Gameplay. Let's get into it. Five levels plus a hidden level. Secrets out. Nice pause. Dang it. <laughs> it's too late now. Just barrel through. Gotta roll with it. Sorry, Chris. Uh, inside baseball for all you. Uh, we're supposed to leave a little pause in between our segments that helps Chris out because uh, the poor guy's overworked and he's still out of the kindness of his soul. Uh, and Johnny has to make me feel bad about it every time. Yep. <laughs> like I'm not the most self-abusive person this side of. You didn't mean to I was to about to say something terrible. This is just a new, this, we both have energy for this game yes. to talk about it. So, okay. Which is impressive because this week at work has murdered me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But. It has Silver Surfer do. Silver Surfer, <laughs> oh man. So, we'll get into what this game is known for. But basically, it's a shooter. And yeah. it has six stages, including the secret one. But each stage is broken into three sections. So it's like 18 sections for the whole game. Um, each section tends to be fairly short, but not all of them are. 
And at the end of each section, you usually have like a mini boss. Yeah. And then the main boss after the third one. The gameplay rotates between side side view, like our top. To? To over the head view, like... Like 1942. Yeah, like 1942. Or, yeah, any over the head shooter. Um, it's bog standard as far as the shoot 'em up gameplay. Um, you just shoot with the A button. And Did you say bog standard? Bog standard. What's that mean? I don't know. I've never I've heard, heard that it. term. I'm sure you're right. I just have never heard it. What's bog standard? Is it a bad well, thing bog to say? It's like a swamp. Yeah. Right? I assumed it's what I meant, but how's uh, that a standard? Why is a swamp know. a standard? <laughs> you made me question everything. <laughs> I'm just curious. So it's, it's, what's a better word? Just standard. It's a standard <laughs> shooter. Johnny's taking away my language. Now you got me wondering where the I think it must be an English saying. Anyways, this bog standard gameplay. Um, the only twist and it's not even a twist, but you can collect F's. It's literal F's, and I don't know what that even stands for because he's not a he's not a member of the Fantastic Four, right? So what does the F no. stand for? Just firepower, I guess. You collect these F's. You can collect up to five. You have five levels of power. It basically makes your bullets shoot faster, shoot stronger, and you can pick up orbs. Are you looking up bog standard? I sure did. What right. is it? Bog standard, real quick. All right. This part's in your defense. Okay. Uh, it's from it's British. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Having no special or interesting qualities. Average. Uh, average, basically. Okay. Yeah, That's so that makes saying. sense. But also, throughout history, <laughs> it's long been a British slang term. For a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> a bog. Okay, that makes a sense. A bog standard. I, I stand by it then. Yeah. I, I mean, earlier today, I took a bog standard. I took a bog standard in the standard bog. <laughs> um, yeah, poor bog. But you can pick up orbs, which basically give you extra bullets. So, like, um, it's kind of like, a, I think R-Type and Gradius do this, where you have basically a, a little floating thing that shoots extra bullets for you. It kind of, like, spreads out your bullets. Yeah. And you can like those like you're saying those F's they just kinda make you slightly more powerful. And I do mean slightly. Yeah. But you're gonna want to pick them up. Oh yeah. Uh it's kind of vital to this game that you get as fully powered as possible. Yep. Because uh, this game yeah. is fair and balanced, Trevor. Fair and balanced. We'll get to that. There's also S's you can pick up. <laughs> this is silly. The red S increases your speed. You can only do it one time. Um and honestly, you should just be faster to begin with because you're going to need it. Uh, the other S is the silver S. That gives you a life. The last pickup is a bomb. If you press the select button, you can clear the whole screen with a bomb. You only get one, but you can collect more, but it's very rare. Yeah, you want to save those. <laughs> yep. Uh, or do you? <laughs> okay. Let's, I said we just talk about it. Yeah, so there's the gameplay. But what stands out? What stands out is literally... Anything that touches you or that you touch kills you in one hit. Uh, these enemies will kill you in one hit. A bullet will kill you in one hit. If you happen to... My first death was within five seconds of starting the, the reptile level. And I just happened to graze my poor little head up against the wall. Thinking none that was not going to happen. And uh, my character exploded and died. Uh, you touch anything. And it's just the end of your character. One hit, no matter what. Uh, but, of course, to make this fair and balanced, they 
the makers of this game, decided that all things that you shoot require multiple hits, <laughs> including the bullets they shoot at you. Multiple hits to take those out. Uh, so, and all, also, out of the goodness of their hearts, they decided that if you're fully powered and you get hit one time and die, no matter how far you've gotten or how hard you've worked, uh, and you get and you restart, uh, you start from scratch. <laughs> all that yeah. stuff you've earned mm-hmm. is gone. It's just uh, sayonara, see you later. It's gone. You're back to your one level puny self. Very much this reminded me of Terminator, where you should be this overpowered, fun character, and you are the complete opposite of that. So if you can imagine your average shooter, like R-Top, and accept twice as many enemies on the screen, and the patterns are twice as random and bizarre, the enemies just fly like they're crazy lunatics. But if you can imagine like an R-Top, if you touch any part of the scenery, you instantly die. And then you lose all your power-ups. That's, Or maybe a better example. Zelda. Take the Legend of Zelda. Imagine you're in a dungeon in the Legend of Zelda. The original NES one, top-down. Any enemy takes you out, and you're dead. Any touching of the wall, and Bumping you die. Bumping the wall, you die. Yeah. It is It is that hard. Like That's not an yeah. exaggeration. The, so the trick I finally figured out is... If you can shoot your bullets through it, you can pass through it. But if your bullets stop, you can't pass through it. But it is not obvious. But also, your hitbox is feel, feels pretty huge. <laughs> so, no, yeah. I think one way they could have improved this tenfold is if your actual character hits the wall, okay, you die. But not your surfboard. Right, yeah. Because your surfboard is like four characters long. Like four of your character. And if any part of your surfboard or your character bumps any wall... God. God. <laughs> sorry. Bumps sorry, any, sorry. Bumps any wall. Bumps any wall. That's it. And we don't mean like crashing into a wall. We mean like you're just backing up slightly to get yeah. out of the way of an enemy and you graze it. Boom, dead. Yeah. Trevor backed up and barely touched a piece of, <laughs> of the ground one time and was just dead. Was dead. Barely grazed it. Yep. And there are checkpoints in the levels, but you lose all your power ups. And you need those. Yeah. It's, it is insane. Um, and here's the thing. You never get more than one hit. Always one hit, one death. Whether it's a bullet, an enemy, or the wall. But the enemies, I think they all take multiple hits with your standard weapon. Yeah. Unless you're completely powered up, it definitely feels that way. For sure. Which means the basic goons are stronger than you. Yes, they are. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so, obviously, that <laughs> legend of the game uh, was true. <laughs> yeah. This game is awfully difficult. Awfully difficult. And hopefully I'll remember this when I get to my final scores. I'll talk about how I feel they could easily fix this game. <laughs> and that's the thing to me. I told you this as we were playing it. What's the most frust- frustrating about this game is that it feels like it's on the verge of something, right? It's on the verge mm-hmm. of something, but the developers, are, for whatever reason, decided to make all these decisions that would make you just scream and hate this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they were on the verge of uh, a really fun time. I'll go and say that now, because I will forget. The difference between this and all the ALJN games we played is this one's not hard because it's bad gameplay. This one's hard because they just made it that way. 
Yeah. Like Uncanny X-Men's hard because it's so badly made. I mean, this has a little bit of that in it, like the scenery. Sometimes you don't know what you can pass through and what you can't. But really, it was all, it feels like it was all intentional decisions. That's the difference. We said this on Lost Levels. I'm repeating myself. The Lost Levels is not anywhere near as hard as this game, if that gives you an idea. It's not nearly as unfair as this game. All right, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. Do this now, then. Here's Let's talk about some ways we would have improved this game, okay. right? Um, obviously, uh, start your character out being way more powerful than he already is. Uh, if you made a lot of... up form should have been the starting form. If you make a lot of your little um, peons or whatever those little enemies are coming at you, if you make them one-hit kills like they should be, mm-hmm. that solves a lot. Uh, yeah. Second thing I would do. Uh, when you do die how about not taking everything away from you that you've heard? Yeah. Right? That, I think that'd be a great thing. Or at uh, least give you two or three hits before you die. That was the other thing I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, that or or some sort of life bar, right? Yeah. One or the other, uh, if you're going to do it that way. This would just help balance it out, I think. If you would do these yeah. things, I, I truly feel that this would have been a much more fun experience. And I definitely would have enjoyed myself. And what this game is really notorious for is the fact that you bump into a wall, you die. The Angry Video Game Nerd has a pretty hilarious, very not safe for family. Uh, mm. One of his early reviews was on this game. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, And he's like, you, you bump something, you die. You get shot, you die. You breathe, you die. Yeah. You die, you die, you die. But I actually don't hate the idea that you have to avoid like obstacles because it makes it a little different than like your average mm. R-type, Gradius type game. But it should have just been, maybe if you hit his head, you know, not the whole surfboard. The, the fact that your hitbox is so massive, I think, is what almost ruins it. I think that's why a life bar would have been good. Yeah. Yeah, may, yeah, maybe it grinds down a little bit if you bump something. Yeah. But not all the way back to the last checkpoint with no power-ups. Right, yeah. Um, I think the checkpoints were pretty gracious. So, yeah. I wouldn't change that. I think they did... Those that was a good decision. Yeah, those were placed pretty well yeah. in, throughout levels. Uh, but I just think just those little slight decisions that would have just improved the life of this game tenfold, and this game would have had a much different legacy. <laughs> it could be, yeah, a very different legacy. Um, the screen clearing bomb—you start with one every single life, but I almost never remember to use it. And so here's the thing: I guess I'm going to say this too. This is 100% a game like the Lost Levels, Mario Lost Levels. This is 100% a game that you will improve at the more you repeat a level. Yeah, you'll you'll learn stuff. Yes. Yeah. And I think you will learn when to use the bombs, for example. Because they're basically a get-out-of-jail-free card. I think they're there because I think there's certain parts, unless you're a true master, you're just going to have to use the bombs at certain parts. Yeah. Because we, we can't express enough. This is one of those games, if you've not played it, you just don't understand how hard it is. If you watch the video we've watched of somebody playing through it, who's a master at the game... You will not understand how hard it is. You've right. got to play it yourself. Because yeah. we played it first and then watched the video. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was mind-boggling. <laughs> but, the again, the AVGN, I don't know why I'm giving him plugs. But he actually did a great job of showing how ridiculously small of a window you have to fly in this game. Because, like, you take the one level where you're in, um, there's the pumpkins. Yeah. And there's fire. So you got the top and the bottom of the screen with, like, rocks and stuff. You can't touch any of that. you got these flying creatures... They're doing this zigzag pattern all the way across the screen. So that's all dangerous. You got like three bullets on the screen, and then you got pumpkins that jump up randomly. There's almost always, at every moment in this game, uh, a part of the level that if you touch it, you will die. Yes. You, you can't stop. There's no stopping. There's no breathing. 
Speaking of not stopping, there's no reason to ever stop shooting in this game. Pro tip, if you got a turbo controller where it'll just press the A button for you, it improves it two or threefold. Yeah. Like, I almost don't think it's playable without that. <laughs> it's very difficult. Because I tried it without it at first. <laughs> very difficult. Yes. Uh, yeah. And you said uh, you tried it without it at first, too, and your yep. thumb hated you for it. Yeah, you're, just, you're constantly pressing the A button. So, I used to think turbo controllers were super cheating. Yeah. But, like, in this game, all it's doing is saving your thumb from wearing out. Yeah. Like, it's doing what you could do anyways, just... If you're old and arthritic, it'll save your thumb. Which which we are. So, yeah. <laughs> I do recommend a turbo controller. Um, and I will also say, uh, I bought the cartridge. Um, we'll see if I think that was worth it or not. I just, it was one of those brain worms I got. Like, I, I have a weird thing, like I said, for Silver Surfer, despite never reading the comics. And I had a brain worm for a couple of years. I wanted to get this game, so I did. And I will say, on the NES... Or on the demo machine, it's the same difference as far as difficulty. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make a difference. Um, game FAQs users rate this as unforgiving, which obviously... I would agree. Yeah. Which is the highest difficulty rating. But, talking about things, I don't know if this counts as a good thing or a bad thing. I think this shows they knew what they had done. Because this game has amazing cheat codes. Yeah, um, you were telling me what they were. They yeah. are incredible, yeah. I think it's you just have to press up and start on both controllers. You can look it up. It's simple. And then it brings up a cheat menu. Um, and you have invincibility code, which obviously you can beat the game then. It also has a code where you can just max out your weapons. I'll be honest. I think with a turbo controller and having your weapons always maxed out, that might actually be a more fun playthrough. Without invincibility, even. I think that would be more doable. There's one to get a bunch of extra continues. And there's a level select code. You can choose any level you want to at any time, but the different sections in the level you can yeah. select. Because each uh, character slash level you pick has three sections. Yeah. So there are codes. You can see the whole game. We've not done that yet. Um, but that is there. We saw most of it. We did. And so <laughs> with save states liberally used. I finally managed to beat the first level myself at home. But I'm talking about every time I died, I would just load it back up. So the first level, the Reptilia level, the manual actually even tells you they recommend it to start with. I really think it's the easiest level. And so for me, it's the most fun level. Um, but even it, without save states, it is a freaking marathon. Yeah, yeah. But Still yeah. really difficult. So, all right. Well, let's, you ready for the next part? Yeah, yeah. All right, music. And sound, let's get into it. So, this game had a reputation of having some pretty good music. Despite everything else going against it. And I have to say, I would agree. The music is fairly good. Uh, from the uh, music you get at the title screen to what's well, like two, three tracks that play, but they, yeah. but those tracks are long if you live long enough. Yeah, <laughs> are long and they and they're constantly kind of changing, like a prog rock. Like you, that's what you compared it to. Yeah, and I thought it was a good comparison. Uh, so I thought the music was actually fairly to really good. Would be how I would describe it. Really, uh, we've been kind of blessed these last two games. They've had really good music. Yeah, I'll, I'll go stronger than Johnny in this category, but I think there's probably reason for it. 
uh, first of all, I wanted to like this game because, again, I paid money for it. And knowing its reputation, I still paid money for it. <laughs> but one of the reasons for a couple years now I've had in my mind I want to get this game is because of what I've heard about the music. Now, music doesn't make a game. The gameplay is more important. But that was enough to push me to want to get it. When I was playing the game, and this is no joke, uh, I have my system set up on like a surround sound downstairs with thumping bass. I turn the volume up loud. And wanting to hear more of the song before dying was my motivation to continue. Like, because the songs are almost outrageously long. The loops are so long for an NES game. Yeah, and every time you die, it just restarts. And every time you die, it restarts. Yeah. So my motivation to get better, and Johnny, I can't tell you, and this is more of a, a, a blessing of the composer than the game makers, but I will say, when I finally made it long enough in a level to hear the next part of the song and it totally changed it up, yeah, it made me feel great. I was like, yeah, I survived long enough to hear this, and I wouldn't have heard it otherwise. It's like a little reward. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Granted, with YouTube, you can hear it any time now, but back yeah. in the day, that would have been a real reward. And the reward's better than the, the good job you get for beating a level. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the game tells you, good job. That's it, good job. So, the music in this game, it is so driving, and it's got bass, and it's so complex, if you really listen to it. The shame is the bullets, which are constantly shooting, are pretty loud. I wish there was an option to turn those down or even off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you almost don't hear the music as good, but it is... Yeah, this one needs sound options. Yeah. I would describe this music as, what is it doing in this game? And I'm not saying the game's terrible. We're not getting reviews yet. But when I hear it, I'm like, whoa. How is this not like a first big-tier Nintendo game or rare game? You know, how is this this game that kind of has an iffy reputation? Uh, I think it's borderline... The word I've heard people use is impossible for the NES. Like, I'm not saying it's better than all the other NES music, but there are parts you were saying. What game were you saying it sounds like to you? Oh, the first Ninja Turtles game. Which I get, yes. But there's other times to me that it's like, what's this doing on NES? Like, it's, it's just crazy. It's bonkers. Uh, so I'll give this guy some credit and I think Johnny's going to enjoy this fact. Yeah. I'm very curious about this composer. Just, uh, FYI, I did, I do like this music that I do feel you're overselling it. Uh, I had the feeling you didn't like it as much as me, but no, I, I do like it. I don't think, I, I just don't think it's the best music I've ever heard on the Nintendo. Uh, overselling it or not, I think it is among the best on the NES. I wouldn't go that far. I would I, put it just below. It's still very, very good. And I would listen to it again. The, I would, I truly believe it's some of the best on the NES. I mean, you're wrong. It's fine. Um, okay. Go, what's what we're we going to tell But objectively, I think it's some of the best on the NES. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'll be honest with you from a technical level. Yeah. All right. So I think. It's tricky, but probably the original Legend of Zelda theme is like just the most icon. It's iconic for me, like personally. Yeah, yeah, like I like it even more than the first Mario music. But there's way more going on in this. From a technical level, it's bonkers for the NES. Whether you like it as much, it's totally personal preference. But Tim Folan is the guy's name. I didn't recognize the name. I'll be honest. Um. But I should have because there's a game I've picked up not so long ago that, again, and this is, for better or worse, this guy's um, reputation 
is in being in games that aren't well known or even that have a kind of bad reputation, but his music is by far the best part. There's a game called Plock. It's a game that's in complete obscurity in America. I think maybe in like Europe it's more popular, but it's a platformer for the Super Nintendo. And the music doesn't even belong. Like it's like, what is this music doing in this cutesy platformer? But it's fan freaking tastic, which I guess is spoiling it because I do want to cover that game eventually. But Plock was Tim Follin. So here's a couple, and I'm saving the best for last. Uh, I think Johnny will be like, okay. <laughs> You'll be like, okay. <laughs> Echo the Dolphin, Defender of the Future for Dreamcast. He did the Echo the Dolphin, Dolphin game Dolphin. for Dreamcast. <laughs> Echo the Dolphin. By the way, he's done tons of games I'm not mentioning, because again, he was in so many games that fell into obscurity because they're not good games. Yeah. But his music usually was. So Echo the Dolphin. Ken Griffey for the Super Nintendo. Oh, wow. Which I remember thinking that music was like, wow, that's really rocking. That's good. I like that game. For a baseball game. Solstice for the NES, which if you've ever played that game, like the music's like, wow. Like, how is this music in this game? The game's good, but Pictionary for the NES, which I want to play just because of his music. It is literally bog standard Pictionary for the NES looks boring as sin, <laughs> but you've got to check out the title screen for this game. It's insane because his music does not belong. And he apparently basically said as much that he wasn't really concerned about what the gameplay was. He just wanted to see how good a music he could put in the game. Um, but Johnny, Tim Follin, I believe along with his brother, who was also co-composer composer on a lot of his yeah. games, he did the music. For rock and roll racing. Both uh, versions. Or as you should say, my response should be, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, love that game. One of my favorite all-time games ever. And the music is fantastic in that game. So yeah. I went back again because I'm a loser. And I'll just be honest. I listened to our rock and roll racing episode, which was like episode 18, I think. Yeah. And we were just were blown away by like, how is this possible on the Super Nintendo? Um, and like the, he was just pulling stuff out. He was pulling stuff out of the systems that usually should be possible. Gonna, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> usually uh, as soon as I said it. Yeah, I usually you get in trouble for that sort of thing. Yeah. But speaking of pulling it out, yeah. the only other game I'll mention he did, and this is an example of being unfortunate of working on some really bad games. And personally, I think this is his weakest work I've ever heard. <laughs> Batman Forever. Which is an atrocious game. <laughs> yeah, and I think bad. the music was just eh. But, but we got a great episode out of it. So, which I guess you got to say, if the music was just eh, it was better than the rest of the game. Yeah. But yeah, no, this man has done. Unfortunately, though, probably Ken Griffey, maybe Echo the Dolphin, are like his most popular games he's worked on. Probably the most known, well known, because even uh, Rock and Roll Racing is kind of obscure. Yeah, to us it's well known, but I don't know if it was that huge of a game. At I don't the time. think it was. Yeah. So unfortunately, he got out of the game pretty early because he had pretty bad experiences with game developers. And it's no wonder why he was working for these companies like Software Creations that probably weren't always making the best decisions. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I mean, Anyways, that's Tim Follin. But obviously and, he has talent. Yeah. And by far, spoiler alert, my far, my favorite part of the game. Yeah, your fart favorite. My fart favorite part of the game. <laughs> your fart favorite part of the game. Uh, I would I would definitely say it's the best part of the game as well. Oh, yeah. that's a big spoiler for you then. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's let's do it. Yes, uh, let's uh, Final scores. Let's... Get into it.
Um, I uh, don't want to affect you, and I want you to be honest. I was hoping you'd go first. I can. Because I, I don't know how I feel. <laughs> I'll go first. I'll okay. do it. Yeah, I've, uh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel either. So, I was kind of pulling my punches during the episode, because the truth is, I have a lot of complex feelings about this game. And I kind of wanted Johnny to go first, because I feel like... All right. No, I don't want to say what I feel like. We'll let him say what he feels like. I feel like my my feelings on this game are going to be more up and down than his. I feel like his will be more than one direction, which is fair. Because most people, I think, basically the, the, the thought is the game is just too frustrating to even be fun. And I mostly agree. The word that's been used to describe this game is cruel. It is a cruel game. It is unnecessarily punishing. People talk about Contra and Castlevania and Ninja Gaiden. You know, when they talk about NES hard games. I truly... God. <laughs> I truly believe this puts all those to shame in the difficulty department. Only the reptilia le- level do I feel like is even doable by a mere mortal. My God, you think about drinking alcohol all day. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like one of the old cartoons when they get drunk. That's what they sound like. I'm literally drinking water right now. What the heck? <laughs> of course, I did have a pizza pizza before I left work. <laughs> That's probably it. Mystery solved. I blame the water. Um, you blame the healthy. Yeah, of course I did. I'm being honest here, full disclosure. But anyway, so the, my complex feelings come from the fact that A, I spent 20 bucks on the game. I'll go and say that, which was actually a decent deal. Um, so I'm motivated to try it. Yeah. But I genuinely love the music enough that I want to survive long enough. And... The little glimmer of hope is you definitely do make it further the longer you play it. It definitely rewards repeat play. But you cannot get over the fact that it is absurd how unfair this game is. It is, I won't make any excuses for it. It's not just hard. It is unfair and it's cruel and it's spiteful. It's so spiteful. The hitbox is ridiculous. So that being said... Again, if I were comparing this to the LJN Marvel games we played, which most of the Marvel games we played have been LJN. That's why I keep saying that. This is head and shoulders above. It's their decision to make it so punishing that brings it so far down. So I would say, based on the gameplay, the gameplay, I'd say, itself is just average. Like, the actual controls are average. They're fine. The shooting is fine. The graphics are average. They're okay. The what brings the gameplay down is the absurd difficulty. So I would say this is like a, if you don't take the music into account, this is like about a 6 out of 10, because I do enjoy shooters. It's about a 6 out of 10 just for pure gameplay and graphics. But the maniacal difficulty brings it down to about a, it's absurd, 3.5, something like that. But I'm crazy enough to bump it up because of the music. God, I don't know. Like, am I going to regret if I give this too high? I'm thinking of like... Uh, you do you. Whatever you feel is right. If like, if X-Men's a 1, or a point five, I think, as we said. <laughs> yes. And Wolverine, I think, was about a 3. Yeah. Was there any other Marvel games we played? Didn't we play one of the Spider-Mans? Oh, well, we just played... We oh, just... yeah, we did. We played... um. We played an LJN Spider-Man for uh, 16-bit, right? Maximum Carnage, which is yeah. actually a decent game. Yeah. This is not as good as Maximum Carnage. Uh... God. Whatever you feel. I'm giving it a five, but it's the cruelest, most frustrating five I've ever given. So you 
you notice how you're going up and down, right? Yeah. All right. So that's how I felt with this game as well. For every time I felt myself trying to make excuses for it or little little bits of hope it would give me, that would get knocked down immediately the second I just grazed my head on something and I died, right? Like it, yeah, true. Uh, so I understand what you're saying. I kind of agree. It, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, when we were younger dudes and uh, <clears throat> especially this would happen to me a lot in, in uh didn't it didn't happen to you because you were homeschooled. But it happened to me <laughs> in public school. Uh, like this uh, new girl would show up and she'd be, I'd be like, man, she's beautiful. Oh, she's stunning. I got, I got to talk to her, right? And that's one thing about me. I'm not shy. So you always impress me with your confidence. Yeah, which was undeserved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I always knew I could at least make somebody laugh if I had to. And uh, so I'd go up and I would talk to this girl I thought was so beautiful, just to find out that we had. Absolutely nothing in common, right? <laughs> and it was a big letdown. Not her fault, not my fault, just two different people. Anyway, that's sort of how I feel with this game. Yeah. Like, I look at it, it's based on a comic book. It's when you first see what kind of... I, I guarantee you, if I'd watched that video of that person playing, I would have been really hyped to play this even more. Yeah. Because that looks fun, right? Yeah. The way he was playing it, fully powered up and everything. Like, that looks really fun. But then you actually experience it yourself. And by far, the music is the best part. I would I don't think it's as good as Trevor says, but I still think it's very, very good. But objectively, it's as good as I say. Objectively, <laughs> it's as good as Trevor <laughs> says. Unobjectively, it's the best part of the game, uh, in my opinion, yeah. as well. Uh, it's by far. And that's the thing about this game, too, is why you made this game so ridiculously hard to where it feels like a punishment to play it. It does, yeah. Is just a wild decision to me. <laughs> when there's so many little things you could have done that would have made easily, if they would have put those things that we said earlier into yeah. this game, this would have easily been a seven or an eight. Honestly. Honestly, yeah, it's there. It's, it could be there. It, it, that's why I'm so mad at this game because it, it, it's on the verge of something. On the verge of being one of the fun games. But it's so not. It is so not. And... Uh, I think a five. I'm glad you were doing you. I understand you love the music that much. That's way too high. I think you were more right. <laughs> All right, I would give the game itself a three, right, for how tough yeah. it is. The music is good enough to knock it up to a three and a half for me. So I'm going to go yeah. three and a half because this game approaches nothing that I would consider fun. So three and a half for me, a five for you. This is not Retroopless approved. <laughs> And I don't think we ever mentioned this, and we should. We rate on a 10-point scale. Like oh, yeah, I, yeah. I thought that sometimes. So we got 0 to 10. This is such a shame. A 3.5 and, and a 5, that feels like high-level LJN territory. But this game could have been so much more than that. One saving grace, though, is this is also a game that I would want my friends to play just to have, yes. and be there and experience them playing it. Yes. It's one of those kind of bad games. Yes. <laughs> like, I yes. really, I'm already thinking, I hope... Derek and Adam haven't played this because I want to be there when they try it. <laughs> because it's only bad because it hates you as a player. Yes, it just it actively hates you. So it's hilarious to watch somebody play it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, that was Silver Surfer for the NES. Uh, now it's time for us to finally shut our big dumb mouths and run a beautiful commercial. Beginning February 7th on Fox Kids. When all he loved was threatened with certain annihilation, he made the ultimate sacrifice. Master, 
I am ready to serve. Now he glides through the cosmos, his freedom gone. My life is serving Galactus. Watch The Silver Surfer, premiering next Saturday at 10.30 on Fox Kids. Take the ride. Well, there we go. I'm sure it was a great commercial. I think so. I loved it. Uh, it's a product that I'm sure I use all the time. Now, Trevor, it's time for us to give back to the community. Is that what we call this? I don't know. I laughed a second. I said it like we're doing them a favor. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. Whatever, you idiot. I'm talking to myself when I say that. Um, the community does us a favor when they comment. So we're going to get into the fan feedback. I have Instagram pulled up. Okay, you do that and I'll bring it back. And I'll just say, it's been a while since since we've had a lot of social media comments. I think we honestly got more on this game than we've had in a while, which is hilarious. So on Instagram, if you follow RetroBliss, you'll have a chance to comment uh, on the game we're going to be covering. And we'll read your comments on the air. Uh, Michael Thompson... Uh, I ran out of ways to say his name. It's such a, a thing. And I feel so shamed over that. Like of, of all the things I feel shamed about. But anyway, so Michael Thompson said, "Great comic series," and I loved his collaboration with Joe Satriani. But sadly, I never played the game. Cartoonist Aaron said, "I always preferred the bronze body border." <laughs> That's pretty great. The real nor <clears throat> the real real the real Nornrad. I think that's right. Sounds right. Oh, he said, what are those little figures? So uh, I posted a picture of my Marvel United board game with my Silver Surfer figures. If you love Marvel and you love uh, games, board games, uh, highly recommend. Very cool. Um, and then, Fabu 2 are... Uh, sorry, we're having some people comment who haven't commented in a while. And I'm struggling with the uh, screen names. Mario Reyes says... The OG Bullet Hell Gang. Huh, that's a good point. It probably is one of the first that you could call Bullet Hell Gang. It's difficult because of bad design. Surfer Sprite is huge. In trying to navigate tight spaces, you'll die more to the stage itself than the enemies on screen. That's true. Also, having a turbo controller makes it a bit easier on your thumb. I totally agree with that. And then... uh. The real Norm Rad <laughs> responded, yes, the game is so frustrating. What about Facebook, Johnny? You go to Facebook, uh, follow us there, RetroBlessed. Um, Gary Threat uh, said, trash. Uh, I would sadly That's, tend to agree. That feels harsh, hard. though, but I think I get it. I think it's hot trash, but in the positive sense of hot. Yeah, a it's good hot trash. <laughs> H-A-W-T trash. Is what my wife calls me. She's way nicer to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Jonathan Green said, even the power cosmic is not going to be enough to rescue you from this game. And was that a correct statement? Yes. Yeah, it was. All right. Nick DeMarco said, retro blessed is all about lessons in, uh, Trevor, what's that word? Maso, Maso, uh, masochism, masochism. That's it. I don't know why. May not be it, but... No, masochism is the right word. Uh, this month, um, yeah, we do not like ourselves. Uh, that's been very obvious. 
Jesse James. Oh, I get it, like Jesse James. Oh, Jesse But they spelled Jesse C. James. Nice. I get it. <laughs> I that might just, literally just be their name, but. <laughs> either way, awesome. Either way, it's cool. Uh, the soundtrack is amazing. Uh, the game is next to impossible. Agreed on both accounts. Yeah. Uh, Douglas DeLecky Jr. said, This game had fantastic music and graphics, but <laughs> but it sucked turds through a straw. <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. Oh, man. Great fun with the invincibility code, though. All right. And then Andrew Lenz. I don't know why it's not loading for me. Oh, may the odds <laughs> ever be in your favor. And they weren't. <laughs> No. But that's everything we had on there. All right, Trevor. Um, anything else you thought you was going to say something? Are you ready? Or are you just no, ready? I, I just agree with all that. And thanks for commenting so much, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. The end. Oh, but right before we get to that, it's time for the Blast Quiz. Trevor, I truly feel mine is fairly easy. I think you have, I'm not just saying this. I'm being very honest. I heard the game was hard, so I felt like I should give you an easier time. Um, okay. There's a real chance that I think you can get all three of these. Okay. And I am I know I'm overselling it, but I promise you these are pretty easy. So if I don't, I'm going to feel even more like a turd. Okay. Yeah, you'll feel like a turd sucking through the straw. All right, here we go. All right, which is false about the character Silver Surfer? Oh, boy. All right, A, he can heal himself and others. B, he can travel faster than the speed of light. C, he can regenerate. D, he doesn't eat. Which of those is false? Which of those are so similar, the healing himself and others and regenerating? Oh, to me those are both similar. But then there's he doesn't eat, which to me would be really impressive if you made that up because it seems so odd. And then what was the other one? He can travel faster than the speed of light. This seems crazy, but I'm going to go with that one. Because that one seems like it would be true, but I'm, I don't know. I'm just going with it. All right, so the Silver Surfer can indeed heal himself okay. and others. Uh, he also does not eat. Okay. Uh, also, he can travel faster uh, than the speed of light. But I never once read anywhere. I could be wrong. Just in fairness, I could be wrong. But I never once read anywhere. That if you cut off his arm, then his arm would grow back. <laughs> I guess so. I was I was putting the definition for regenerate too general. Okay. All right. Well, I've already failed you and humanity. No, you got two more that I think you can get. I'm going to start actually with what I think is the weakest question. I really enjoyed the questions this week. I say that a lot. Game Pro, the original Game Pro review. Uh huh. They noted the game's intense difficulty. <laughs> okay. And. I'm going to give you a quote from the review, then I want you to guess the review score. Okay, all right, fair enough. They said, you'll battle seemingly endless waves of tanks, monsters, mutants, ghosts, bats, and robots. And pumpkins. They missed that somehow. Opponents always attack in groups. Most take several hits to destroy, yep. and none of them are slow. All true. Robo-guns and traps are everywhere. What a funny way people used to write. Like, who would say robo-guns in a review now? <laughs> That's weird, yeah. But, and be careful not to crash into the scenery. Probably the same people would use the, uh, the, the, the word bog standard. Bog standard, yeah. yeah. So speaking of bog standard robo guns, 
within 0.5, I'll try to be reasonably generous. Okay. What was their review score? And remember, Game Pro went on a 0 to 5 scale. Right. Okay. I'm going to go with a 2. Johnny, they actually gave it a 4.2. Wow. Yeah. The reviews were pretty mixed, and it's but they they weren't all negative. It was surprising. Wow. Well, yeah. Well, we both missed the first one, so don't feel bad. Okay. All right, Trevor. In whose comic did the Silver Surfer first appear? Did he first show up in A, the Fantastic Four? Did he first show up in B, Spider-Man? Or C, his own comic? Or D, the X-Men? When did, uh, who did the Silver Surfer first appear? Whose comic? So my obsessive nature is finally paying off because I got into this Marvel United board game and Silver Surfer came in one of the X-Men sets, but not just an X-Men set. He came in the Fantastic Four set. So I'm going to say Fantastic Four. Trevor, you are correct. All right. Actually, uh, the issue number 48, that was the March 1966 issue of Fantastic Four, the Silver Surfer first appears. See, nice. you got one. All right. Your last two are very possible, but we'll see if you do it. <laughs> so, I'm just going to read it. The villains. You have to listen closely. And oh, that's what I'm known for. <laughs> yeah, you understand why. The villains featured in this, in this game are Reptile, Mephisto, Possessor, Fire Lord, Ice Queen, and Kylor. Which one did I make up? Kylor. That one sounds different to me. Or Ice Queen. It's one of those two. Say them again. Final answer. Uh, Reptile, Mephisto. I'm saying he's wrong. Possessor, Fire Lord, Ice Queen, Kylor. Uh, Mephisto was definitely there because I talked about him. How'd you say the Reptile one? Did you just say it's Reptile? Reptile or Reptile. R-E-P-T-Y-L. Okay. And then Ice Queen was another one. And then... I don't remember an Ice Queen. I'm going to go Ice Queen. You're right. And Kylor is the self-proclaimed Emperor of the Scroll. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. So, um, yep, you got it right. All right. So, we're tied. All right. One. Here you go, Trevor. Uh, you got to get within point five for this. All right. What is the IMDb score for uh, the film Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer? Oh. It came out in 2007. It was a little over an hour and a half long. 263,000 people voted on this. Out of 10, what is the IMDb score? So I know, unfortunately, none of the Fantastic Four movies did well. I don't remember if this was one of the worst ones or not. But within .5, I'm going to say IMDb is 4.9. Oh, no. I'm soul-crushingly close, probably, but not quite. Five? Oh, I was point? going to say five. I was going to say five. Five point six. I was... Still would have been off. <laughs> wow, okay. But look how close six. you were. Could be worse. Five point six. So I only got one right. So if you get this one, you All beat right. me. All right. Um, This is a great question. <laughs> You're employing yourself today. Yes. It's a great question because of the game itself. Okay. All right. Got you. The true final boss in stage six... Six. Six. Stage, stage six. six. <laughs> that only opens up after you beat all the other stages. And actually put in my bliss quiz here. After you beat all the other stages, ha ha ha. Yeah. Because that's ever going to happen. Right. <clears throat> He's not featured in the comics, though. 
Although some people do believe he is the Mr. Sinister. Is the X-Men villain, Mr. Sinister. Cause I saw his picture like, uh, mm-hmm. right before you actually play, I didn't see the actual boss, but I saw his little square picture of just his face. I even said, Oh, that's Mr. Sinister. Didn't I? When yeah. I first saw, cause that's who he looks like. He's that's an X- yeah, X-Men villain. Yeah. However, I don't know if that's going to help you on this question. Probably not. So the question is when you actually make it to him, what does his in-game sprite look like? Okay. And it looks 100% like this, so there's no question, really. All right. Does he look like a surfer wearing all black with large spikes on his back? Uh, okay. A cyborg ninja with a sword. Oh, all right. Or a purple Sasquatch with a handgun? Well, my heart wants it to be that last one. That's for sure. But I feel like you would throw that in there just because you know it would make me happy. Um so, for the record, none of those sound like the face I saw. <laughs> <laughs> nope. For the record. Uh, I'm just going to go with the purple Sasquatch. I think it's that one. That's what I want it to be. The Sasquatch with a gun who happens to be purple. So, Johnny, I'm going to show you an actual image of the final boss. Uh, he's showing me this. And uh, you tell us all if you're correct or not. Yeah, I will describe this character. Holy crap, he is. <laughs> he's a purple Sasquatch with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> he's a perfect purple sasquatch with a handgun it's real folks it's real yep i've seen him now <laughs> so that's the blitz quiz you win that seems fair. but he's but look how big he's giant he's huge yeah he is giant compared to your character yep and look at his image there like no similarities yeah you're right it doesn't look a thing like he looks like <laughs> the picture of his face looks like uh, the character i said before but his gun is also the gun he has is about the size of silver surfer it's a giant gun. You know what? I think this seals the deal. I think this was based on another game. Because, look, they changed the image for a screenshot. Yep. But they didn't change the actual character sprite. Yeah. It looks nothing like that. I mean, why would you? You yeah. know? Yeah. That should have been the villain in a Silver Surfer comic. Yeah. If it wasn't, they missed out on a great opportunity. So Google Silver Surfer NES Final Boss, and you'll see the purple Sasquatch. You know mm-hmm. what? Don't do that. I'll post it on our social media. Yeah. Don't waste your time. Yeah. All right. So that was... Silver Surfer for the NES. Trevor, we did it. We finally uh, covered a long sought after game, I guess. Was Maybe. it? No. By me. Yeah, by you. All right, but Marvel Month will continue. What are we playing next time uh, on Pocket Reviews? On Pocket Reviews, it is Tim picked another Spider Man game, but this one's for the Game Boy Advance. It is Spider Man Mysterio's Menace. Looking forward to that. And then we'll be playing on the next Retro Blist. I believe it's called Captain America and the Avengers. I or think just it's the Avengers. I can't remember. It's one of the other. I think it's Captain America and the Avengers. The naming is confusing. Yeah. Yeah. For the NES. But I'm very much can't wait for you to play that. It's a, I remember written it from a good old penguin video near here a couple times. I didn't know you had history with it. That's cool. Oh, I certainly do. Cool. That's why I wanted to play it. All right. So stay tuned for that. We appreciate all you blisters out there. Thank you for your support. And as always, uh, we're going to leave you with a bit of, uh, great advice that Trevor has been begging me to let him uh, tell you guys this. So Trevor, please tell them what you wanted to say. If you're going to get on your silver surfboard, you better grease up and get ready to fit through the tight spots. Wear a helmet. (laughs) 